Welcome to Lighthouse Church Beloved Podcast. My name's Lena Hobson and I'm here with Carolyn Thomas and Stacey Thomas. We are looking at Proverbs and we started off um, talking about a wise person's relationships in our last podcast. So we were looking at a wise person's relationship to the Lord. So a wise person fears the Lord and they trust in the Lord. Today we're going to keep on with that and we're going to start off by talking about a wise person is ever mindful of the Lord. So Proverbs 3, six: in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Um, and also I like it in the Amplified to in all your ways know and acknowledge and recognize him and he will make your paths straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. So this is about living in complete submission to God and knowing and acknowledging Him. So living in that fellowship with God and being obedient to Him. And there's a promise involved too. It says if you have, you know, if we're fellowship with God, if we're obedient to Him, the course of our life is going to be truly successful. You know, He will make your path straight and smooth. So it doesn't mean that we won't have any problems, but that, you know, we will be living a truly successful life in God's eyes. Um... And I just think of being ever mindful of the Lord as, um, you know, it's not about just sort of like lip service to him or, you know, you just think about God maybe when you're sitting in the Sunday service, but my whole life is about the Lord. It's about growing in fellowship with him. It's about maturing in my walk. It's about how can I serve the kingdom of God. So, you know, God being at the center of all that I do, not just a compartment that I pull out from time to time and check in with. Yeah, we need to be making sure that we're always putting him first in our lives. It's always God first. We're not having that fear of man coming in and, oh, worried about this happening. What are the people going to think of me if I do it like that? Um, it's, it's No, it's whatever he has for us. Um, and I think we need to be aware of the Lord's plans, not just for our lives, but kind of in, in a whole general sense of, um, of the world, what's happening worldly, what's going on in our future, we need to be mindful of the Lord in terms of a whole general sense. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that ever mindful, hey, it's like you girls said, always um, thinking about what he'd be thinking. It's that back to that habit, always having in your mind that I've got an audience of one, so one person that I've got to please, and always have him in your mind for every decision and everything that you're doing. And, um, you know, Lena, you just mentioned there about, you know, where he puts your, makes your path straight and stuff, and it doesn't mean you'll have problems, but, you know, you'll live a successful life in God's eyes. And I think that's really important because what is seen as success in God's eyes is often very different to what the world considers, considers success. Mm. And so it's, um, you know, if you're submitting to him, it means you're letting go often of your own plans and your own agenda and you're actually saying your will above my will um, and you know that can be hard at times if you've got sort of an idea in your head of how your life's going to unfold and what you'd like it to look like and then if God's got a different plan um, it's often hard to just let all of that go and to say your will above mine and I'll be prepared to lay aside our own will for his and if we are he is going to lead us and bless us which is what that scripture says um, because at the end of the day, his will is the best choice for us, even if it's not what we had imagined or envisaged. Yeah, I was just thinking about like my life in terms of the worldly success. 
know, we, we have a small house and some older cars and, you know, maybe I'm going to sit in a, a lower level in my team for many years when everyone I went to uni with is now managers and principals and, you know, that sort of thing. But, like, the riches that I have, you know, lay aside the worldly things so that I can have other true riches yep. that will outlast this lifetime. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for us, I think... Um having success in ministry, if we looked at it through the world's eyes, we looked like a failure. But, you know, we could have the churches with hundreds or whatever, and we have had them before in South Africa, but we'd have to be preaching a different gospel now to have that. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I'd rather have what, yeah. So, and, and I think that's why as well, Bible tells us in heaven the streets are made of gold. I think it's God just really showing us the highest standard that we have for success here would be the gold standard in the world. And that's what's going to be under our feet in heaven. So it just turns it all on its head to what God sees as success and what man sees as success is mm. totally different. Yeah. And a wise person chooses the Lord's way, the Lord's wisdom. scriptures there for that stage. Yeah, Proverbs 8 uh, 10 to 11 Choose my instruction instead of silver knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her In Proverbs 17 24, a discerning person keeps wisdom in view but a fool's eyes wanders to the ends of the earth um, again, if you look at that, hey, it's like a wise person chooses, choose my instruction. Again, it's back to that conscious choice of where you actually say, not my will, but yours. And we saw that that's what Jesus did all the time as well. He submitted himself fully to the Father's will, even, you know, in the garden before his crucifixion, where he's like, if it's possible, could this cup be taken away? But nevertheless, not my will, but yours, I'll submit to what, you know. And I think if we can come to that place in our life where we make that conscious choice every time to choose the Lord's way, knowing that often His ways are totally different. I mean, Isaiah tells us that, you know, the Lord Himself says there that my ways and my thoughts are not your ways and thoughts. And that's where we can really understand that scripture, meaning that, you know, He says that His are higher and that higher is meaning superior and better. And again, if we can submit to that and we really believe and accept that His thoughts and ways are better and superior, then we'll be able to handle all those what we think are curveballs for us or a different life direction if we truly are submitted to believing that you know his ways are better and knowing that it's going to cost you yes and that's it yeah and being prepared to pay that cost and lay aside yeah mm -hmm. all right a wise person submits to the law's discipline fun <laughs> um so, like scripture tells us that the Lord disciplines us because he loves us, because yeah. we are his children. So, you know, we have our children, we discipline them so they grow and mature in the right ways. Um, and, like, if we are not disciplined, it actually means that we're illegitimate children, that we're not true sons and daughters of God. Um, but because we are tr true children, the Lord disciplines us and he wants us to grow strong in, in the right way so it's for our own good you know that pruning of a plant is for it to grow properly in the right way and to be strong and you know that will help it um, bear fruit and discipline isn't pleasant but it's a lot more pleasant than 
the consequence of not being disciplined um, because you know we produce that harvest of, of you know of peace um, oh, I had a little story I wanted to tell but I can't quite remember all the details and that's fine um, I was just thinking like the Lord's discipline like if you are teachable the Lord's discipline is I'm reading my word and I get that cut of conviction of oh I need to repent of that and I need to look at that area in my life sort of thing as you were praying before at the start um, Carolyn of our podcast recording tonight and you said about how it's a privilege to freely preach the gospel and I was like oh ping you know what yeah I need to fix up my attitude about that because I'm feeling pretty tired right now it's been a long year been a long couple of weeks and I'm pretty at, I'm pretty stuffed and at the end of it and I'm going oh oh why do you think no. I always pray that <laughs> my attitude as well I'm like, no it's a privilege and you know that's that's get that's that correction that's that discipline um, and it, you know, when we're teachable, it's that simple. When we're not teachable, that's when it gets down to you know your leader having to pull in the sheep with the crook and have a good stern talking to. Which is um, not enjoyable. For no, them either. it's a pain <laughs> in the butt actually. To be honest, have to do that. And there's a scripture as well that talks about that. Hey, make it like they're going to answer for you, so make it a pleasure for them. Don't make it more yeah, difficult. Yeah. It's not to your benefit. Yeah. Um, uh, Proverbs 3.11 My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. And, um, you know, I was saying to you girls before that, that phrase that I had read, that correction is not rejection. And that's what we've got to realize with discipline because that's that we often will get that initial sting of defensiveness and, you know, maybe perceive it as rejection. And it's not. And as you said, Lena, it's because God loves us so much that he does it. Um, and because we love our own children, we can see there we discipline. Because you know what? That's harder and it takes more effort to discipline and to be consistent. Mm. Um, and so a wise person will be willing to learn. They'll take correction in the way that it's intended and actually just take out their initial defensiveness and see that this is going to help me and it's going to help me grow. And hey, you know, the Lord knows better. Or if it's someone that's correcting me, it's because they care and they want to help to raise me up or whatever. And so we just really need to have that teachableness and that positive attitude towards it and you know so that if they didn't care because you know it might take a lot if I have to correct someone or whatever often I mean you can do correcting all the time incidentally either but if it's a major sort of correction where you've got to speak in I don't like doing it it causes me a lot of anxiety to the build-up to do it but it's just if we can all have that attitude that you know it's going to help us and yeah. Don't look at me like I'm gonna offer you courage. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Probably <laughs> <laughs> <I> wouldn't be. <laughs> it's all about attitude, everything, isn't it? Really. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Right. A wise person confesses his sin to the Lord. Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen. Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Uh, well, we need to, I think you've said that earlier, you need to look at the areas that you're getting convic- conviction about. Re- we need to renounce them, we need to repent of them, we need to ask for forgiveness. And it's for everything. It's not just, it's big, little, mm-hmm. it's yeah, everything yeah. in our life. Go back, to, you know, go back in our, in our history and look at the little things that, that may have done. Mm-hmm. Keep short accounts. Yeah.
And that's like what you say, little things as well. There's no such thing as little white lars or this or that. Hey, it's little and big, yeah. Yeah, but when you write that, like I was reading that thinking like, how logical is it, hey, whoever conceals their sins, like seriously, do we really do think that we can hide from God? <laughs> oh, no, you might not find out. <laughs> yeah. Can I flee from you? But I'm going to hide from you. scriptures well, no matter where I go, you're there for going you know, up and down into the ocean and... But, you know, and, and as I said in one of the other podcasts, that if we if we do try to hide it and conceal it, which is ludicrous in itself, but anyway, we do, we can go into self-deception because we justify ourselves if we're holding on to it and we can't hide it from God. And 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So... Really, that's the better route to go, isn't it, than trying to just carry it and hide we'll it and then start deceiving you. yourself and justifying yourself and then you're quenching the Holy Spirit and that God's conviction. way is best. Yeah, <laughs> and it's simple. We make it more complicated, don't we? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So wisdom is to confess your sin to God, not hide it, excuse it, deny yeah. it, indulge in it, don't diminish it, make excuses, blame someone else. Talk about just indulging just reminds me. I just burnt myself the other day on the iron, can you see? But I literally, it was a split second of just touching it and pulling it off. But I said to David, there's a whole sermon in that. I mean, that's a week old, but it was barely a touch. And, you know, we often think we can just indulge and dabble a little bit with sin and it's not going to mm -hmm. harm us. But just that slightest touch and pulling away straight away still did that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the lightest burns are actually most painful yeah and i just thought how often do christians dabble with this stuff and think that and oh we justify our sins and we don't you know we anyone else cover it and yeah and just um don't even dabble well scripture says like sooner or later it's all going to be revealed yeah the hidden things that all yeah. going to be disclosed exactly. you may as well be free of it like you're not going to prosper while you carry sin you're not going to have true peace when you i often wonder about people who through discipline processes refuse to actually repent of their sin and what their life is like after that because they will just never be comfortable yeah. for the rest of their lives truly at peace until they sort it out so I just I think but their conscience it. gets seared over and so they don't even like it they just won't even entertain the it's not like an everyday like yeah it's not eventually like they don't even think about it and whatever and so they just don't you know mm. Like, I often think as well, how can you not agonize over and whatever, but if their conscience is seared and they've gone into deception, then they don't. Mm. But we will not have true peace while we're unrepentant. So, yeah. as Carol was saying in the scripture before, you know, we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And then you've got to let it go as well yourself, because that's what um, I was just saying before, that I have to also forgive myself and stop going over in my head. It's like the word says he's forgiven me, I need to just let it go now and not kicking myself mentally, like, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. Right, so a wise person, they fear the Lord, they trust in the Lord, they're ever mindful of the Lord, they choose the Lord's way, his wisdom, they submit to the Lord's discipline. And they confess their sin to the Lord. Alright, so let's move on now and talk about a wise person's relationship to his family. So we'll talk about first our relationship with our parents. So we're to respect our parents, we're to listen to them and we seek to bring them honour and joy. 
place you want to have, is there anything you want to say? Um, I'll just read this, uh, it says Proverbs 17.6 Children's children are a crown to the age, and parents are the pride of their children. Hmm. So, are you pride? Yes, that's basically. She's qualified She's reluctant to. And um, Proverbs 30.17 uh, The eye that mocks a father, that scorns an aged mother, will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley, be eaten by the vultures. Read that to you. That's good. Do you want me to read that again? Do you ever mock? Do you ever mock? Do you ever mock? Do you ever mock? Do you and the fact that our relationship with our parents made it into Ten Commandments <laughs> probably gives us an indication of how important God thinks this is. Um, you know, so when we're under their authority, when we're living under their roof, we are to obey them. But for the rest of our lives, we are to honour them. It never stops. Um, and I think that's important because it's hard sometimes, like especially if you can justify why you wouldn't all you have a not strange relationship in a certain yeah. way you know but we still got to yeah. yeah yeah well there's like certain situations where that would be really difficult yeah. but you still to forgive your parents yeah. and honour them yeah. even for the simple fact that they gave you physical life yeah hmm. the fact that you <laughs> exist to thank them because of them yeah um, and that scripture you were talking about before Stacey 17.6 from Proverbs, children's children are a crown to the age and parents are the pride of their children. So it's like talking about like it's an honour for parents when they're old to have children and grandchildren. What a blessing. Um, and they can grow up in their footsteps, which are hopefully good footsteps. Um, you know, and they can maintain and advance like the family's reputation and that, that, that honour and delight of seeing children grow up obedient to the Lord and yeah. following the Lord's, you know, the Lord's way. And That's purposes. your real legacy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. To see, like, yeah, your house built, your legacy built on, like, the kids who are trusting in the Lord. Um, like, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, and, you know, I think just to say at the start of this whole thing, like, this whole, because we, we talked last time about your relationship with God, now we're going on to your relationship with people, but it's really important that we remember that that first primary relationship with God has to be right, because out of that is going to flow right. all your interactions and relationships with everybody else, so it's really important that you get that right and have that in right relationship, because it's going to enhance every other Everything. relationship. Yeah. The respect to our parents kind of really, truly honours God. It's just, that's what he tells us to do in the commandments, that that's yeah. what I'm going to honour in the way. And, you know, I had to, like, really, you know, um, go through a time where I was thinking, you know, about my upbringing and certain things and where I had certain negative attitudes towards, say, my dad in particular. And, and just to, to get to that point of saying, no matter, like, all these things that, you know, how I grew up and different things that happened, it helped to build my character. I can see that. Um, but also just to realize, like, God chose to put me in that family. He chose mm -hmm. to give them as parents. He knew what it would be like and whatever. And, 
and just to, you know, although you can not necessarily minimize in the negative, but you deal with it and forgive and whatever, but just realizing that he deliberately put me in that family and also to then I can also honor all the good qualities that I know came, you know, because often it's easy to just think of all the lack or the negative thing and, and to just sit and think of all the good qualities that I know that my dad instilled in me. Yeah. And I think, like, it's helpful, like, when you're struggling with those sort of difficult times you had, maybe, um, like, that forgiving attitude, like, how often are our parents just doing the best that they had, and if they they wounded you, it's because they themselves were wounded, and it's not, like, they love you, they were doing their best. Yeah, they weren't Um, trying to mess you up. Yeah. (laughs) But, and I can see that, you know, you can see the wounding there, and how they, as you say, did the best with what they knew. And, but yeah, I can also see the things that I thought would be particularly hard and whatever in the upbringing I needed. That's helped me to build in stuff for the weight of what the ministry has, has been in our particular situation. You know, different callings and different things would need different strengths of character and, and I can see how that has been so important. Like it's really, you know, yeah. helped me. Yeah. Mm. Um, and that scripture you said before, Stacey, um, the eye that mocks her father and that scorns an aged mother will be pe- <laughs> will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley will be eaten by vultures. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because like, it's so such, a, such a graphic threat. <laughs> um, but like those children who are disobedient, you know, if we don't honour our parents, you know, if we if we think it beneath us to be dutiful and kind to our parents, like if we despise them and refuse their discipline, their correction, and we mock and scorn our parents, we will meet a bad end. Mm. Maybe it's not going to literally be having our eyeballs pecked out by ravens, but like if we're not responding to the authority of our parents, how will we respond to God's authority? Yeah, yeah. That's what disciplining children comes down to, preparing yeah, them definitely. to honor God. Yeah. So if we don't honor our parents how will we ever obey God because there's that scripture that says if you don't discipline your children you hate them and I always used to wonder about that until like I realized that it's because you will hate them because like you say Lena they won't respond to authority and the ultimate authority is God which means hell for them yeah 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 all right um wise man's relationship to his wife um Alright, so a wise man appreciates his wife. Stacey, do you have Proverbs 19.14? Yep, you want to read that? Houses and wealth are inherited from parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Blessings. Yeah. So, I just personally think the importance of marrying well cannot be overstated. Going, are you choosing to marry the person God has for you? Have you asked that question? Because a lot of your life is going to depend on who you marry. You know, if you marry well, you can have someone who's going to help rocket you into God's like purposes and it's going to be a delight. You know, someone who will make life pleasant and nice even when the tough times are tough. If you marry poorly, it will be like this. Proverbs 12.4, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. You know, marrying someone 
gonna who will be a daily struggle to live with them, you know, and that saps that life out of you. Someone who doesn't want to follow God's will and purpose in their life, who's disobedient to the word, not applying that, that is going to be draining, and you're going to be fighting to stick to God's purposes for your life, you know, for your marriage, for your life, for your family, and it's just going to be like decay in your bones rather than something fruitful and good. And that's the thing, like you say, it's so hard because it's easy. You'll get dragged down, not really that often the other way around, you know. Um, and the scriptures, it talks about he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And one of you also read about, you know, it's a gift from God. So that's really good. And then there's also scripture somewhere about a man's prayers not actually being heard by God. If he and that's connected to him, his treatment with his wife and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But it's really important. And, and like you say choosing correctly asking the correct questions you know do they believe the same as i and what's their purpose you know is it god first and all of that is like really so crucial isn't it to mm. make sure because i've um, seen a number of relationships where the one has sort of become a christian just to please the other one started and going to church started yeah. going to church and it hasn't lasted and it's not you need to really make sure you know, that actually yeah, yeah. i am um, I thought that was really great how God set it up like Ben and I met when he was still living in Victoria so for the first year that we knew each other we were just on the phone just talking for hours at a time um, and I just think that's such a great blessing for us to start our relationship off by just talking and talking and talking and getting to know each other and talk like all sorts of things through. But the most you ever talked to her life up to that time you know? <laughs> in bulk, yes. Mm, probably. <laughs> we used to have like this, Ben had this um, telephone plan where we got like the first 20 minutes free, so we like would set the timer <laughs> and then hang up and then call. <laughs> I won't tell you what David and I did. I feel embarrassed though, because he is, was at Bible College in another state and um, he used to even play little uh, records to him over the phone. Like, I just want to say, I'm talking about vinyl records. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a husband is to love his wife as Christ loved the church, who gave himself up for us. So a husband is to love his wife for that really sacrificial, unselfish kind of love and you know, be willing to make any sacrifice for her. Um, Ephesians 5, 28 to 29, the Amplified says, Even so, husbands should and are morally obligated to love their own wives as being in a sense their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own body, but instead he nourishes and protects and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. So there's a picture here. Um, it says he nourishes and protects and cherishes it. So that picture of nourishing and cherishing is like that of a bird covering their young with their feathers like to nurture them and keep them warm. So a husband is to nurture and care for his wife. So, you know, he's, he's sensitive to her thoughts and feelings, to listen to her, you know, value her, seek her input, you know, just be concerned with the intimate details of her life to hold her as a priority before you know other people or other activities that he might enjoy you know be plentiful with praise and encouragement a husband is also the head of the home so he's like that captain on the bridge and 
You know, he might get his input from the second mate, but he's ultimately the one responsible for where the ship is going. So it's the husband's responsibility to ensure that where the family is going is the right direction. He's responsible for that spiritual growth of his family. He's going to be accountable to God for his family's spiritual work. Walk. So I'm personally really thankful that that is Ben's responsibility. Yeah, that's an important point, hey. Yeah. yeah. And um, as part of that, he's the spiritual protector of the family. He's like the gatekeeper. He allows and decides what's going to operate in his family. Um, and if if a husband isn't fulfilling his responsibility in that area, he will leave his family vulnerable to the attack of the enemy and open to long-term sin issues. And that is why. When you look at a wife, you can tell a lot about, about her husband. Yeah. When Ben and I first got married, the first few weeks that we were in our new home together, when we had this argument, and I did my traditional sock, withdraw, slam door in his face style, <laughs> and he ripped that door open and said, we don't do that in this household. <laughs> and then there was Ben just right there. He set the tone for our whole our marriage and our family, you know, that spiritual maturity. Walking in the flesh is not going to be tolerated. So get rid of that. Um, and also a wife in return is to honour her husband as the protector and head of the home. So respecting the responsibility of that position and his accountability to God. Um, Ephesians 5, 22-24. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church its body of which he is a saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Alright, so that that word in the, the word subject used in this passage is about a military term meaning to rank under. So it's not talking about the wife is inferior to her husband because you know in the church we know no one's superior or inferior to anyone else. It's about honouring our husbands that's a responsibility we have to willingly choose to do um, because it, like, it makes it pretty hard for our husbands to be the head of our household if we're kicking and screaming yeah. along the whole way like think about the body the neck holds up the head and supports it um, you know the, we need to submit to our husbands for them to be able to fill their position yeah yeah. But and you know what you say, a lot of people don't like women don't like that word submit and like you say it's not that subjugation. It's it, like you say, a military term, it's about roles and you know, yeah. um, positions that God has given and you know, it's a partnership but it, and it works well if you do it the right way. And and I think um one thing as well that um you know, you might find it easier to submit when you agree with them, mm-hmm. but there will come times in every you know, in your marriage where you're not always going to agree and then that's where the submission as well will be evident where like okay we can't come to an agreement on it and you know sometimes it can be we can wait and not do anything until we see but there'll be other times when the decision has to be made and so if you really don't agree you're going to have to at that point say right well you know what I submit to you as head of the house if you feel we must do this even though you might not be in agreement and to do it with the right attitude I think that's where it would really, you know, really oh, definitely. Yeah, there's been a few times where Ben's made a decision I haven't agreed with, and then you see all that pride come up, and you get, oh, it's a bit ugly. 
it's not you can't just not submitting if it's only when I'm happy yeah. with what your decision it's is. Yeah, yeah. It suits me what I want. Yeah. yeah. Where? And then not to if it goes wrong, not to throw the apple yeah, in the yeah. face and like see yeah, I told you. <laughs> we had this <laughs> This is so dumb. We were setting up these shelves for our shed and I put I did a few and I put all the like the middle input things that were all right and um and Ben didn't put his in his so it started bowing and I was like at the time I was like honey you gotta put it in so it doesn't bow and he's like no it's fine it's not gonna work I'm like yes it is that is there for a reason he's like no it's fine I went into the shed a couple of days later and it made like Ben's shelf had like ridiculously Ben come and look <laughs> <laughs> and I was like Photo. you know what I'm going to be mature in this situation and I'm not going to say, and so I haven't said a word to him that I fixed it up and da, da, da. I haven't said a word. I was like, no, I would have said it. <laughs> I told you not. I was like, no, I'm just, I want to be a mature person right now. <laughs> what can he learn from that? He'll still do it wrong the next time. I know, but I was like, no, I'd only be doing it to be like, eh, I was right, you were wrong. <laughs> I think that's important. No, like if your motive, what your motive is telling him, yeah, yeah, that's definitely. Oh, well, Ben, I hope you were in it. <laughs> and you know you did it wrong. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up there. Um, thanks for listening. Um, so we're talking just about a, a wise person's relationship in, in, their, in their families, to their parents and husband and wife, about, you know, honouring our husbands and, um, yeah, just choosing to submit to them operate in that correct relationship and um, we're going to continue on this podcast so we hope you join us and if you want to get in contact with us you can pop onto our website www.life-house.net see you next time